evening and welcome to Ignite Depot. My name is Apostle Milton Jones. It's my privilege and honor to be able to be with you here again today. I guarantee you, if you hook in with us, make a decision from the very beginning. Don't wait to the middle. Don't wait to the end. But make a decision from the very beginning. Man, I have ears to hear. I have a heart that's ready to receive. And my eyes are open so that I can see what the Word of God has to say unto me today. God told me to share this with you. He said, it is His plan. It's His desire. He wishes above all things that you prosper and be in health even to the extent to which your soul which is your mind will and emotions is prosperous according to the kingdom of God God doesn't want you to wait till you're in your worst situation God doesn't want you to wait until all other options have failed God says I don't want to be your last resort I want to be the first call that you make God says when you partner with him when when you covenant covenant with him through his son Jesus Christ he says I've already made a way of escape for you that you may be able to bear every situation and every circumstance he says but I need you to partner with me so that you can get the God kind of results he wants you to get the God kind of results not just every now and then he says but every single time and that's the whole purpose of why we're doing these this series of messages on triumphing through troubled times is because troubled times for one person may not be the same thing as the other troubled times means anything that comes upon you that you weren't prepared for or you might even been prepared for but it comes out to be more than what it is that you was expected and God says he wants he wants you to always cause you to triumph every single time in Christ Jesus but you can't do it apart from him not consistently you might hit and miss but not consistently and God says it's his desire that you triumph and be in health even as your soul your mind your will and emotions are prosperous are you interested are you are you do you want to know more or if you do stick with us we're about to jump in right now I'm gonna make this declaration and we're gonna jump right in in Jesus name it says this in accordance Isaiah 61 and 1 it says that the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and to open to the prison to them which are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, and to comfort all who mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise, for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And they shall raise up the old ways, or build up the old ways, and they shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolation of many generations. Father God, right now in the name of Jesus, we give you glory, we give you honor, we give you praise, this do your name. Father, this is the day which you have made. We will rejoice, we will rejoice, we will rejoice, and we will be exceedingly glad. Father, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Now, Father, I thank you that our preaching and teaching would not be with the enticing words of man's wisdom, but let it be a demonstration of spirit and power, that the faith of the people lied not in the words of men, but in the dunamis miracle work and power of God. Father, I've already covenanted with you for miracles, signs, wonders, manifestations of the gifts of the Holy Spirit as you see fit. Holy Spirit, move up and down each and every aisle. Touch each and every household. Touch each and every person who will hear this message. And I declare right now in the name of Jesus, people will be healed. People will be saved. People will be set free. People will be delivered. Lives will be restored. Families will be restored. Marriages will be restored. Cities, communities, and nations will be restored as a result of the word of God today. Father, we thank you for it in advance. And we give you alone all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise that's due your name. In Jesus' name we pray with thanksgiving. Let us all say amen and glory be to God. Now make this confession with me. Say, this is my Bible. The Bible is God speaking to me. The Bible is the truth. It reveals what I should think. It tells me what I should believe. It tells me how I should walk. The Word of God is the most important thing in life. Say that with me again. The Word of God is the most important thing in life. Why is the word of God the most important thing in life? Because Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 32, he says, he says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. The truth makes you free. So when you get the word of God, the true word of God, when you receive God's word, 
you hear it, you receive it, you believe it, you speak it out, you act like it's already so. He says it will begin, it will make you free in Jesus' name. Now, picking up for where we left off last week, we was talking about how to triumph through troubled times. Say it with me again. Triumph through troubled times and how it is God's desire that you triumph through troubling times. In fact, he said in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, it says, Now thanks be unto God who always causes or always leads us into triumph in or through Christ Jesus and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. So it's always God's desire that you prosper and be in health even as or to the full extent to which your soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotion is prospering or is increasing or is enlarging in the name of Jesus. Now, the reason why you say this is because, man, there's many ways out there today. There's many ways or, or many situations or many solutions out there or so-called solutions that are out there that seem to be right. In fact, it says in Proverbs chapter 12, it says, man, there is a the way of a fool is right in his own eyes. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15 says the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he who heeds to counsel is wise since the fool has his own way it in his eyes it looks like he's right he says but those who heed or pay attention to counsel or instruction they are wise hebrews proverbs chapter 14 verse 12 says this it says there is a way that seems right to a man but its end is the way of death it says there is a way that seems right to a man but the end is a way of death it also says again proverbs chapter 16 verse 25 it says this it says there is a way that seems right to a man but the end of the the end of that way is death or the end of that solution is destruction or the end of that 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 uh that way that you take could end up in chaos could end up in trouble could end up in destruction could end up in hurt harm and to your life and God says there are ways out there to people that seem right to them to man when it's talking about man it's talking about mankind it says but the end of those ways if it doesn't line up with his ways is a way to death destruction confusion and chaos in the name of Jesus. Now, book the book. All these are in the book of Proverbs, and the book of Proverbs is the book of wisdom. So, if he said, if he said it once, okay. If he says twice, you might want to pay attention to it. But when he said it three times, like hold on, there must be something to that. Why? Because let every word be established by two or more witnesses, and he's telling you the same thing over and over and over again. Now, as a believer. You're born, you're brand new. You're born again. You have received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. You've made Jesus the head of your life. You said the word of God is my final authority. And man, I've been walking this way, but it seems like even though I'm walking this way, I'm dealing with the same situations and circumstances I was dealing with before I received Jesus. All right, before I accepted him as my personal Lord and Savior, before I made him the head of my life. Man, why is that? If that's if that's the case, what happens is that so many people they get born again. They walk up to the altar, they pray the prayer of salvation, they ex they make Jesus the head of their life, or they accept him as Savior. But when it comes to walking it out, they haven't had their mind or their soul, which is their mind, middle, will, and emotions renewed. So as a result, what ends up happening? They continue to make the same decisions. They still have the same responses. They continue to do the same actions as they did before. Even though their spirit man is brand new, their soul, which is their mind, will, and emotions, their feeler, their chooser, and thinker, have remained the same. So when they get into troubling situations, they respond the same way after they went to the cross as they did before they went to the cross and accepted Jesus because they haven't had their minds renewed according to the word of God. 
How do you know this? Because one of the things that Paul told the church at Rome, he told them this in, in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. I'm reading out the Amplified verse. It says, do not be conformed to this world or don't be fashioned after or don't adapt your life or don't be adapted to its external superficial customs. In other words, don't continue to operate in the world's legal system, in the world's uh, uh, financial system, in the world's health system in the world's uh, way of doing things because when you're talking about the world you're talking about the world or the kingdom of darkness has a, a group of systems which they use to carry out the things that they do and, and it's when you continue to listen to this you will understand why I keep saying systems 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 it says in here don't be conformed to this world this age or fashion after and adapted to its external superficial customs but for you to be transformed or for you to be changed or for you to be be converted where are you going to be converted at through the renewal of your mind your soul your mind your will and emotions when you begin to be changed, if you want your situations to change, if you want your responses to change, if you want your outcomes to be different, you have to start by cha being changed or being converted through the entire, not partial, the entire renewal of your mind by its new ideals and it's new attitudes because if you only renew your mind in one area but you haven't re renewed your mind in other areas you might have some success in one part of your life while you still have all kind of chaos and destruction in another part of your life like for example you might renew your mind where it talks about drinking alcohol and you're like hey my body you know according to first corinthians chapter 6 and 20 my body is the temple of the holy spirit therefore i'm going to glorify god in my spirit and body which belong to god so you 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 make a, uh, a decision hey i'm gonna stop all that drinking but you continue to fornicate you still having sex outside of marriage guess what what happened your mind has been renewed in one area but has been changed in one area and you renewed in one area of life but you haven't renewed your mind where when you're still still talking about your you know glorifying god in your body where it comes to having sex outside of the context of marriage you know the interesting thing about that is if you go up and read the entire chapter of first corinthians chapter six the one thing he's talking about in that chapter is fornication and what does it tell you to do when fornication or temptation comes upon you, particularly when it comes to having sex with somebody who you are not in a Bible-defined marriage with. Bible-defined marriage is the sex marriage between a male and a female, a biological male, a biological female coming together in unit in marriage. That is God's definition of marriage. And if you ha are having any kind of sex outside of the confines of that that definition right there, you are operating in fornication. No matter what kind of what kind of name you want to put on it, what do you want to talk about adultery? What are you talking about heterosexual? What are you talking about homosexual? What are you talking about lesbian? What are you talking about you know gays? What are you talking about transit? None of that is. It, it all falls under one category. If you're not having if you're not having sex in a Bible-defined marriage between a hetero between a uh, a biological male and a biological female in a, in a covenant marriage you are operating in what what the Bible will call fornication so don't you know you don't have to go into all the other you know separation of this that the other you can try people try to redefine things all the time but at the end of the day what does the Word of God have to say because remember the Word of God is the most important thing in life and the word knowing the truth according to the Word of God is what makes you free now we're talking about here about being renewed by in the spirit of your mind having your mind renewed having your entire mind renewed no longer conforming to what the world systems have to say about about uh, drinking, not what the world has to say about alcohol, not what the world has to say about drugs, not what the world has to say about marriage, what, what the world has to say about sex. You're, you're defining uh, what's, what defines it for you. What the status standard is for you is what does the Word of God have to say concerning marriage? What does the Word of God have to say concerning alcohol? What does the Word of God have to say about 
drugs? What does the word of God have to say about finances? What does the word of God have to say about government? The word of God has to be the final authority. And when you begin to be changed or be converted by through the renewing of your mind by the word of God, what happens? You will be able to prove for yourself what is God's good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Even the things which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for you. It's not just, you know, the word of God, people say, well, the word of God is just so general. No, the word of God is specific. The word of God is a open letter that God has written to, he's given the word of God to his church. It says, if you want to know what my my stance is on the situation, if you want to know what the standard is, if you want to understand how to operate according to the kingdom of God, that you may be able to triumph through troubling times, my word has to be the final authority in your life. And he says, I don't use chaos. I don't use confusion. I don't use sickness and disease. I don't use poverty and lack to try to teach you anything. He says, I've, according to 2 Timothy chapter 3 and 16, he's given us his word for correction. He's given us his word for instruction. He's given his word for for for." Uh, to bring, uh, to bring reproof. He's given us his word so that by operating according to his word, we may grow up into, into a complete man or woman prepared for life in Jesus' name. But many people, that maybe they realize it, they don't realize it, they're, they're, they are warring in their minds. The battle is won or lost in your mind second corinthians chapter 10 verse number three talks about how for though we walk in the flesh or live according to this flesh we are not warring or uh, carrying on a war of our warfare according to our flesh and we're not using mere human weapons because there is a battle that's going on around you every single day whether you realize it or not whether you believe it or not there is a battle that's going on around you every single day in the spirit and it's a battle between the kingdom is a it's a the kingdom of darkness trying to come up against the kingdom of god and this is what it is it says Every time you have a decision to make, every time you're faced with a situation or circumstance or there's something that you must do, you will always have the option to either continue to operate according to the kingdom of darkness or you can make a decision that from this day forward, I'm going to operate according to the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is going to be my standard. The word of God is going to be my instruction manual. The, the word of God is going to tell me what to think. The word of God is going to tell me what to believe. The word of God is going to tell me how to act. You have to make that decision. When do you have to make that decision? On Sundays? No, not just Sundays, but every single day in every situation and circumstance that you find yourself in. So you'll find out here that you're not you're not wrestling against flesh and blood. You're not wrestling against your brother or your cousin. You might be dealing with them, but they might be yielding to a spirit, uh, a, a spirit that's causing them to come against you in a wrongful way, or they might be still continue to operate according to the kingdom of darkness so they're going to do things that's going to antagonize you it's going to irritate you it's going to bother you it's going to try to come up against you but when you begin to make a decision i'm going to operate according to the kingdom of god i realize according to second corinthians chapter 10 verse 4 there's weapons that have been made available to me for me to be able to succeed, for me to be able to win every time. It says this, for the weapons of our warfare are not physical, weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty through God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds. Now, it says there's these weapons are used for the overthrow and destruction of stronghold. What's a stronghold? A stronghold is a fortified pattern of thinking. Now, whether you know it or not, whether you believe it or not, everyone has strongholds. But the strongholds he's talking about here is you can have a good stronghold or you can have a demonic stronghold. What he's referring to, the things that you're going to use these weapons to overthrow and destroy are 
demonic strongholds. Why are they demonic strongholds? Because these demonic strongholds are always trying to exalt themselves above the true knowledge of God. And how do, how do they show up? They show up through theories and arguments and reasonings and every lofty thing or every lofty uh, suggestion, every lofty belief, every lofty uh, theory or argument or stance or now it's through legislation and laws that says, I'm going to exalt my position, my, my own belief. I'm going to exalt my own theories. I'm going to exalt my own reasonings. I'm going to exalt my own arguments above what it is the Word of God says. The Word of God says that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So glorify God in your spirit and body which belong to Him. But your argument, a theory, a reason says, this is my body, my body, my choice. I do whatever I want to do, when I want to do. I'm going to live life to the fullest my way right away. What are you saying? That argue, your argument and theory is trying to exalt itself above what the Word of God says. If what you're doing is not exalting your, is not glorifying God in your body, which belongs to Him, and you saying it's my body, I can do whatever I want. That's an argument, a theory, a reasoning, or a strong, a demonic stronghold that goes against what the kingdom of God has already said. So what do you do? God is giving you these weapons. What, what's the weapons? The weapons are his word. The weapons are prayer. The weapons is praise and worship. The weapons is the Holy Spirit. The weapons is uh, um, the whole armor of God. What, what are you saying? Hey, I'm going to take the weapon of God's word that says that that's that's that demonic stronghold said this is my body i could do whatever it is i want to do with it i'm going to take the word of god that says no i'm supposed to glorify god in my spirit and body which belong to him i'm going to overthrow i'm going to throw off i'm going to destroy that word destroy means i'm going to demolish that wrong pattern of thinking i'm going to put it off from me i'm going to throw it off and i'm going to cast it down I don't receive that. I'm not going to operate according to that old way of thinking. I'm going to replace it with God's standard. And this is the new standard in my life. So every time I'm faced with that situation that says, this is my body, I can do whatever it is I want to do it as long as I want to do it. I'm I've already replaced it with use the weapon of the word. It says, nope, I'm going to put that. I'm going to take that thought down. I'm going to overthrow it. I'm going to destroy it, and I'm going to put it far from me. And now the new standard in my life is I'm glorifying God and my spirit and body which belong to him in accordance to 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and 20. That's my standard no matter what. Going forward, that's my standard. What have you just done? You have, you have war. The war was in your mind depending on which position you was going to follow. The position of the kingdom of darkness or the position of the kingdom of God. You are the deciding factor. Nobody else can make that decision for you but you. Do you understand how this works? See, the whole thing is, is the adversary is just like he did in the Garden of Eden, just like he tried to do with Jesus when Jesus had, had fasted for 40 days and for 40 nights. He tried to come in with what's known as perverted thinking. That perverted thinking is that perverted thinking the reason why it's perverted is because what the word perversion means is to take something that's true and turn it to something worse did you hear me that word perverted means to take something that is true and to turn it and to something that is worse that's what he did try to do with adam and eve that's what he did adam and eve knew that god's word god spoke to adam and said adam Hey, of the tree of the knowledge of, of every tree of the garden, you may freely eat. But this tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you should not eat thereof. For in the day that you do, you shall surely die. You will die physically. You will also die spiritually. Spiritually means you will you will be separated from God's way of doing things. Adam knew that. Adam passed that same information on to Eve. When he passed that information on to Eve, when the adversary came in the form of a serpent, this he came and what did he say? He says, you should not surely die. First, he asked the question, did God really say you could eat of any of the trees of the knowledge of good and evil in, in according to Genesis chapter 3? And Eve said, we can eat of all the trees of the garden except this one tree of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We should not eat of it, neither shall we touch it. For in the day we do, we shall surely die. What did the adversary do? He came with a perverted 
thought or a uh, argument or theory or reasoning which try to exalt itself above the word of God. What did he say? He says, you should not surely die. What did he do? He just contradicted what it is God said. He says, you should not surely die for God does know in the day that you eat of it, you will be just like him, knowing good and evil. The issue with that was is Adam and Eve were already like God because God said in Genesis chapter 1, 26, he's already made you in his image and in his likeness. They already were like God. They was operating on earth just like it was or just like it is in heaven. They operated according to the kingdom of God on earth just like it was operated in the kingdom of heaven. So they was already like him. What was the adversary after? He was trying to do three things he was trying to steal kill and destroy he wanted to steal their identity so they didn't they he was questioning made them question who it is that they were he wanted to kill their purpose because if you don't know who you are it will be hard for you to understand what your purpose and if you don't know who you are you don't understand your purpose it will cause your him to be able to destroy your life he's using the same tactics and games today nothing is new under the sun nothing is new about what it is the adversary is doing but Jesus told us, he said, he told us, hey, uh, talking about troubling times, there will be troubled times ahead. There are things that are going to come. You can't pray it away. You can't fast it away. You can't shana kalalabasa it away. There are going to be troubled times that's going to come on the earth. Why? Because of the sin that's in the earth. Why? Because the earth was supposed, remember, Adam and Eve was supposed to be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, and subdue it. But when the adversary got them to violate God's law or command, what ended up happening? They was transitioned from the kingdom of God, and they was transitioned over into the kingdom of darkness. And what happened? It made the adversary, the lowercase God of this earth. He's not the God of the world. He's the God of this earth. And he has his own systems that go polar opposite to the way the kingdom of God operates. Now, understand this. The adversary can't create anything new. What he does, he takes something that already exists and he perverts it. What Remember what that word pervert means? That word pervert means he turns it and cause it to be something that is worse and he knew the moment that Adam and Eve violated God's command that they was going to surrender that authority and then he would be again to have authority on the earth which which is the same thing he tried to get in heaven and that's how he got kicked out in the first place now Jesus said there was going to be troubling times I'm not trying to tell you this to scare you I'm just telling you so you won't you won't be ignorant or you won't not know when these things begin to happen. In fact, they've already begun to happen. And according to Matthew chapter 24 and verse 6, it says this. Still read out the New King James Version. It says, And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. So when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, man, don't be troubled. He says, For all these things must come, but the end is not yet. Then Jesus goes on to explain what these troubles are going to look like. He says, for you will see nation rising against nation, and you will see kingdom rising against kingdom, and there will be famines, and there will be pestilence, and there will be earthquakes in various places. And he says, and all these things, all these things that you're going to see are the beginning of sorrows. He says, now when all these things are going on, when you got all, all kind of, it seems like all kind of chaos is going on, left, right, and center. You know, you had COVID. Then you start having inflation. Then you start seeing food prices go up. Then you start seeing gas prices go up. And all, and then you start hearing the situation that's going on in Ukraine. And then there's stuff that's threats about what's going to go on in, in Taiwan. And, and things that's going on in China. All these things are, are and, and you're hearing floods and, you, and you're hearing tornadoes and all these things that's going on. And he's like, man, what in the heck is going on? That is what Matthew 24 said was going to come. These things were going to come. But what did Jesus say to uh, to people, who, members of the body of Christ? Don't be troubled. Or another way to say that is don't be afraid. Something else you're going to see. 
as troubles that are coming in that are coming in this last time because all these things are indicators because what Jesus is really doing here he's answering a question that his disciples asked him his disciples said Jesus what are some of the signs or indicators of the end of this age and Jesus what are some of the signs or indicators of your second your second return and Jesus, one of the first things Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24, verse 4, he says, don't allow yourself to be deceived. Don't allow yourself to be turned into error. I get caught up in error. Why? Because during these troubled times and during these last days, you're going to see people deceive. Deception is going to be going rampant and you're seeing it left, right, and center. And that's why God is saying, I need you to teach my people how to triumph through troubling times because they're going to hear all kind of ways that seem right but the end of those ways is going to be destruction jesus also goes on to say hey church i want to let you know this also some of the troubles times you're going to be going through he says and then they will deliver you up for tribulations and they will kill you and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake and then many will become offended now who are the ones he's talking about are going to become offended offended many people who are who are once followers of jesus are going to become offended who are they going to become offended with they're going to be offended with god they're going to be offended with jesus they're going to be offended with the church they're going to be offended with people who call themselves pastors leaders apostles prophets evangelists and teachers they're going to become offended because this is what they're going to say if god is so good why are all these things going on in my life and why is it that i'm not able to overcome it if you don't believe that's happening man i'm gonna tell you during COVID. A third of people who used to go to the church at least once a month, at least twice a month, stopped going to anybody's church. They stopped watching it online. They stopped listening to podcasts. They stopped reading their Bible. And they didn't go to anybody's church even when the doors were open for people to be able to come. In fact, you had whole churches that did not go back to church for multiple reasons, but it did happen. And they wouldn't have been online service they weren't having nothing so what happened the people became offended with god and then he says when they when the people become offended this is what else they'll do when they become offended they will betray one another they will hate one another can i tell you a secret when you become offended with somebody when you when you are uh, somebody does something against you and you are not quick to forgive them offense can set in what does that word offense mean it means scandalize it is a trap. It's a stumbling block, and you get trapped in that cycle of thinking. And when you're trapped in that cycle of thinking, you will begin to exalt your arguments and theories and reasoning above what the Word of God says. Word of God says, forgive your brother or forgive your sister. If they sin against you seven times, forgive them seven times, 70 in one day. But you says, I'm tired of them doing this to me. So now I'm offended. What you don't realize, now that you're offended, it, it will be easier for you to kill that person. Not, maybe not physically kill them, but to kill their character kill their reputation kill their name kill their purpose and it then you will be hating people you can hate which means you have so much ought against them that there's like a brick wall in between you and because you won't let that offense go you're both trapped and a lot of times when people get offended, you might be offended. The person you you offended with don't even know you offended with them, and they go on living their life like nothing's going on. And you still so mad. If you if you bite down, boy, you could you could taste lemon. Your jaws are so tight. What did the word of God says? Forgive. And what else? What other troubles that He said was going? You will be seeing. He says, and then many. Will, he says, after many will be offended, and they'll betray one another, and they will hate one another. Some will kill one another. He says. And what's going to happen when a fence shows up because you've already blinded yourself to the word, to the things of God, because you have hardened your heart is when you become offended, people's hearts become hardened and they don't want to hear nothing from nobody. And they definitely don't want to hear nothing for no, for nobody talking to them about what the word of God has to say about forgiving them. I don't want to hear nothing about that, man. I want to stay in my mess. He says, when your heart is hardened, when you become offended and you're trapped, then what else is going to happen? Many false prophets will rise up 
And what are these false prophets going to do? They're going to deceive or they're going to mis mislead many. It didn't say a few. It says these false prophets will mislead many. Why? Because when people get offended with God, they stop list listening to his word. They start reading his word. They start coming together as a, as a local church. They start forsaking assembly of themselves together. And they be, they'll begin to listen to people who scratch their itching ears about things that agree with what they already believe. It also goes on to say, and because uh, lawlessness or sin will abound, the love of many will grow cold. It says, man, you once was hot on fire for God, but because you're in offense, because you've been misled, but deceived by the false prophets, it says, and when you start seeing all the sin that's going on around you, because you've seen all the sin going around you, your love your love is going to grow cold. In fact, you're not going to be extending that love. You're no longer going to be operating according to the agape, unconditional love that he's that's on the inside of you. You will begin to operate more according to the phileo love. Phileo love means a brotherly love. It means I love you, but there's conditions to my love. I love you as long as you do this. I love you as long as you do that. But the moment you offend me, man, I will betray you. I will hate you. And if need be, I'm willing to kill you. That's, that's what happens when a person's love grows cold. But what did Jesus says? But he or she who endures to the end, the same shall be saved. That word saved means healed, set free, delivered, and made whole. He goes on and says, and what's also going to be happening when all these troubling times are going on, when all these events are going on, when all these situations and circumstances are going on, what also is going to be happening is the kingdom of God will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations and then the end will come because God always has a solution before you have a problem what is God's solution to test trials and tribulations what's his solution to trouble in times that what's his solution for you triumphing through troubled times he says man my kingdom the kingdom of God will be preached the kingdom of God which is God's governing system that uh, that enables you to enables him to meet the needs of mankind apart from the world system god says my kingdom will be preached first corinthians chapter 10 13 says this uh, no temptation has taken you but such is common to man but god is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able but with the temptation make a way of escape i'm going to set the record straight it did not say that god was the one tempting you it did not say God was the one trying you. It did not say that God was the one putting you in that trial. It says when the temptations come, temptations which are common to man, he said, common to man means every person can experience this because all these temptations are based off of your five physical senses. It says when all these temptations begin to come at you, it says God is faithful or can be trusted and he will not allow you to be to suffer any temptation above what you're able in other words he's already made a way of escape for you where's that way of escape for you through his word according to the kingdom of god he will show you the way that you should go he will show you the way that you should respond he will show you the way that you should say remember again the word of god will tell me what to think the word of god will tell me how to live my life the uh, the word of god will tell will tell me all these different things when I have made the decision that the word of God is the final authority in my life. The kingdom of God is the final authority in my life. Do you see how this works? See, God's solution for every situation and circumstances will always come according to his word, according to his, according to the kingdom of God. The only message that Jesus ever preached in the earth was the kingdom of God is at hand that's the only message that he ever preached and he said what did he say repent change your mind change your thinking change your actions because the kingdom of god our god's government system is at hand and what that what is that government system set up to do it's set up to meet the needs of mankind apart from the world's system when you're talking about the kingdom of god you're talking about the nature of god you're talking about the lifestyle of god you're talking about the culture of God. Now, the kingdom of God is a system. The kingdom of heaven is a physical place. And God's and see, the thing about it is God's original intent 
for mankind. For the reason why we're sharing all this about the kingdom of God is because there's nothing new under the sun. God's original intent from the very beginning for man was to have dominion or authority over the earth. And according to Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, it says this. It says, and God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it using all his vast resources in the services of God and man and have dominion or have authority, have authority, have authority over the fish of the sea and over the, over the birds of the air and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Now God says, I want you to be fruitful. I want you to multiply. I want you to replenish. I want you to subdue the earth. Now, what does that word fruitful mean? The word fruitful means is always producing. So God says, when you're operating according to my kingdom, you will always be producing. When you're operating according to my kingdom, you will also be multiplying. What does that word multiply mean? That you're always increasing. And he says, when you're operating according to the kingdom of God, you will always be replenishing. What does that word replenish mean? Means to fill and to refill. And it says, and I also, because you're operating in the dominion, or authority that I've given to you according to the kingdom of God, you will subdue or you will be able to control your environment. It did not say at any time it was based off of the world's systems or the world's way of doing things. God from the very beginning gave the earth to man. He, he had a lease with man. He gave the earth to man. God says this in Psalms 115, and 14 it talks about how god said may the lord give you increase more and more you and your children may you be blessed of the lord who made the heaven and the earth the heavens are the lord's the the lord's heavens the but the earth has he given to the children of men so the heavens even the heavens god has for himself but the earth has he given or put in the hands of men so he gave man the earth he get he he made man in his image and his likeness he gave man authority and dominion he gave man an instruction to replenish it he gave man the instruction to be fruitful he told him to multiply he told him to subdue the earth that was god's original intent and plan just like when you hear jesus pray the prayer in matthew chapter 6 verse 9 thy kingdom come your your kingdom come your culture your lifestyle and your and your nature come your will your intentional your original intent be done in this earth as it is in heaven in other words jesus said restore back to the i'm coming to restore back to the earth what god's original intent was from the very beginning that earth would operate people on earth would operate just like it is in the heavens and he says this he says because you're operating according to the kingdom of god god gave me this word to give to you and i'm gonna share with you right now it says this it says god does nothing in the earth without man and man can do nothing in the earth without god establishing the kingdom of god our god's governing system in the earth starts by getting the kingdom of God, our God's governing system, in the hearts of men so that God has rulership on the earth through men. See, God can only get expression in the earth through men, through women. Why? Because in order to be in the earth, you have to possess a physical body. That's why Jesus had to be born a man, a man who, who had a physical body, who also had a spirit, soul, a mind, will, and emotions, and physical body. And when he was on the earth, he was a man anointed by God. Just like when you get born again, you are a man and woman anointed by God. What happens? Once you get born again, the Spirit of God comes on the inside of you. When the Spirit of God comes on the inside of you, what also comes on the inside of you? The kingdom of God comes on the inside of you. God's operation system is on the inside of you. But in order for you to operate according to that system, you must have your mind renewed, changed by the renewing of your mind according to the word of God on how does the kingdom of God operate. He goes on to say this because for the kingdom of God, 
glory to God, that for the kingdom of God is within you now if you're born again. And you can't eat, a person can't even comprehend, uh, understand, or perceive the kingdom of God without being born again first. Again, the kingdom of God, if you're born again right now, the kingdom of God is on the inside of you now. It says this in Luke chapter 17, verse 20, it says this. It says, and when he was demanded of the Pharisees, the, the Pharisees demanded to see some signs. They kept asking Jesus, when is the kingdom of God? Where is this kingdom of God? And when is the kingdom of God? And when should it come? And Jesus answered them, and this is what he said. He says, the kingdom of God cometh not with observation. Neither shall they say, lo here or lo there. For behold, the kingdom of God, our God's operation system, is within you. Where did he say? It says, the kingdom of God, God's governing system, is operating on is on the inside of you in fact it's on the inside of you right now but if you're not born again again you can't even begin to see or understand what the kingdom of god is all about it won't make any sense to you whatsoever in fact it will sound foolish it will it will sound ridiculous it will sound like somebody will say you lost your mind in fact when i, I i'm gonna tell them myself when i first got born again and I didn't know, I mean, I grew up in a church, but there was not much church in me. I, when, when I first saw Kenneth Copeland, I told somebody, I said, man, Kenneth Copeland is a nut job. Because the, the things that he was saying made absolutely no sense to me whatsoever. But guess what I found out? He wasn't a nut job. The, the problem was, is I did not understand what he was saying because my mind had not been renewed my mind had not been changed and i had not been renewed by the word of god so i knew what god's good acceptable and perfect will of god was about situations guess what happened though when i found out what the word of god had to say about situations guess what he, I found out he wasn't a whack job at all. In fact, I found out later that people start saying that about me. When I begin to operate according to the word of God, it says that guy's a whack job or that guy, he he must, he lost his mind or something like that. Why would you be willing to, if somebody says something against you, why would you be willing to forgive them? You ought to give them a piece of your mind. You ought to do this and you ought to do that. And then I go back to the Constitution or I go back to my covenant agreement with God and find out what does the word of God have to say about that situation? If the word of God doesn't tell me to go give him a piece of my mind, I'm not going to continue to operate according to the kingdom of darkness when I say I am now a citizen through birth into the into the body of Christ, into making Jesus Lord of my life and says, hey, I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God and I will operate as someone who is who's under uh, under instruction according to the kingdom of God. I'm, a, I'm it's been dictated, it's been controlled. I'm being re re regulated according to God's governing system. And I have a helper. And if you're born again, you have a helper on the inside of you. His name is the Holy Spirit. And he's here to help you every single day throughout the day, but he won't force you to do anything. You have to make a decision you are going to yield to him. All this comes down to you. You have to make a decision. I can't make you make a decision. God won't make you make a decision. God is a gentleman. He will always present the opportunity to you. Just like I'm doing right now. As I'm sharing this word with you. I'm telling you. These are, this is the things that are coming. This is what God has already made a way of escape for you. But you have to begin to renew your mind. Or have your mind changed. And have it, it renewed according to the word of God concerning the kingdom of God so that when troubled times come you will know how to triumph through those troubled times but if you're not born again you won't even be able to perceive this the, Jesus said this to Nicodemus when Nicodemus came to him in John chapter 3 Jesus Nicodemus came to Jesus and said he says to Jesus he says Jesus he says rabbi we know that you are a teacher come from God for no man can do these things do these miracles that you have done except God be with them then but what was Jesus response to that he said this he says he says verily verily I say unto you Nicodemus except the man be born again he cannot see perceive or comprehend God's governing system or God's system of doing things Nicodemus says 
unto him. How can a man be born again when he is old? Can he can he enter into the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus is talking spiritual. Nicodemus is still looking at it from the natural. The kingdom of God sees. Remember, the kingdom of God, everything is based off of the five physical senses. A kingdom of God, everything is based off of what does the word of God say? What is the word of God instructing you to do? What is the word of God instructing you not to say? What is he telling you not to do? All those are found in the kingdom of God. But Jesus said to him again, but verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man is born of spirit and of water, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto you that you must be born again. Remember, when Adam and Eve bowed their knee, they separated themselves from God's way of doing things. When Jesus went to the cross, he paid the price. He shed his blood for you and for me so that when we make a decision to believe on or accept what it is that he did, when we believe on it and accept what it is that he did, guess what happens? We are now transitioned, according to Colossians chapter 1, verse 13, transition or delivered from the power of of the kingdom of darkness and we are transitioned back into the kingdom of his dear son or back into the kingdom of god the moment that you make jesus your lord and savior the moment that he becomes the head of your life you have made a decision you have transitioned you have repented you have changed your mind changed your thinking changed your actions and now you are being delivered from delivered from the kingdom of darkness and you are transitioning into the kingdom of God. But it's a decision that you have to make. No one can make that decision for you. No one, it's not, some people believe, man, when I die, when I die, God's going to give me another chance. I'm going to spend a, a certain amount of time uh, going through the second judgment, through the, the lake of fire. Then God's going to, at a certain period, he's going to change his mind. But there's nothing scriptural to support that. Jesus went to the cross for the entire world, but the entire world will not receive what it is that he did for them on the cross. People don't understand. It's not God's desire that any man should be lost, but that all men should come into the knowledge of the truth. How do you know that? Because that's what his word says. It says that throughout the book of Ezekiel. It says that throughout the book of Isaiah. It says that throughout the book of Timothy. It's not God's desire that any man should lost be lost god that takes no pleasure in when somebody who who gets who who gets separated from him he takes no pleasure in that it doesn't mean god doesn't love you god just can't violate his law he can't violate his own word it would make him unjust i'm going to show you this last example and this is where we're going to end talking about the kingdom of god you have to begin to renew your mind concerning the kingdom of God because you can be doing all remember we saying a lot of people who are born again and they're having the same responses making the same decisions getting the same outcome they was having before because they have not been transformed or changed through the renewal of, of their mind concerning the kingdom of God and this is a great example of one well many people talk about this is talking about the rich young ruler in accordance to Mark chapter 10 I'm reading verse number uh, 17 it says this and now he was going out as Jesus was going out on the road one came running and knelt before him and asked good teacher what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life he's he's asking the same question how do I receive that eternal life or the Zoe God kind of life so Jesus said to him why do you call me good no one is good but one and that is God he says Jesus said this to the young man, you know the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and mother. The young man says this is back to Jesus. He said to him, teacher, all these things have I kept from my youth. How many people know Jesus already knew all this? Then Jesus looking at him, Jesus looked at him and Jesus loved him and Jesus said to him, so just as much as it was the young man's desire to receive eternal life, it was much as much Jesus' desire for him to receive it. But what happened? Remember, God won't make you receive it. Another person can't make you receive it. This is what Jesus said to him. He says, one thing you lack, go your way. 
sell whatever you have and give to the poor and you will have treasures in heaven and come take up your cross and follow me so the young man asked me how can I exceed receive eternal life he was doing it talking about all the works you can't do enough works to re receive eternal life you can't do enough uh, say enough Hail Marys to receive eternal life. You can't do enough finish to receive eternal life. Jesus said, said this to this young man. He says, go your way, sell whatever you have, give to the poor, and you will have, and you will have treasures in heaven. And come, take up your cross, and follow me. In other words, come, sell all you have, give it to the poor. You will get treasures in heaven for what it is that you've done and come take up your cross and become one of my disciples. Become one of my disciplined ones. Become one that submitted to me and to follow my, my statutes, my instructions, and my ways. That's what he said to the young man. How did the young man respond? He says, but when he, talk about the young man, he was sad at this word. And it says, and he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. How many people know that some people, they struggle right now because when you tell, when you begin to talk to them about the kingdom of God, Jesus is talking to him from the position of the kingdom of God to that young man. It made no sense whatsoever because he had all these great riches. So why would I give away all my stuff about the stuff in heaven? Man, I got great stuff right now. Let's find out what the pro real problem was. He went away sorrowful. He was sad at this word, and he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, those who had already made a decision to, to submit to him, to follow him, his teachings, his structures, his statues. This is what he says. He says to his disciples, he says, how hard is it for those who have riches or have treasures to enter into God's system our God's government system our God's way of doing things and his disciples they were astonished at his words why would the disciples be astonished at his words because the disciples all had been had been men of position Peter had a fishing business Matthew was a tax collector it wasn't like they was just some old people off the street they had positions of authority they had their own businesses they they were what the world called in their time they had wealth but they, they left all, you're going to find out, they left all to follow Jesus. And for many people, that's what Jesus is saying to them today. I need, he's not telling you to leave all your stuff, but you're going to find out what he's talking about. He says this, he says, that his, his disciples were astonished when Jesus said this, these words. But Jesus answered and said to them, he says, children, how hard is it for those who trust in their riches? To enter into God's way of doing things. Now he's narrowing down. It wasn't the fact that the guy had riches. It's the fact that the guy had trust. He had total reliance, total dependency, total assurance through his riches. And so many people today, even in the body of Christ, when you tell them, man, God is telling you, hey, so you know, I got this situ situation going on. Now you operate according to the kingdom of God. My, God might tell you, if you have a need, sow a seed. So if you have a financial lack, God might tell you, hey, so go find somebody else who has that same need and sow money into it or sow time or sow your ability into him. And you'd be like, God, that makes no sense. I don't have enough right now. Why would I get what I have in order to get, if you're saying that's how you're going to meet my need. God will say, if you have a need, sow a seed. He goes on to say, Jesus goes on to say, it is easier, glory to God, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into God's way of doing things or God's governing system to meet the needs of mankind apart from the world's system. And they were greatly, and his disciples were greatly astonished, saying among themselves, who then can be saved, delivered, set free, and made whole? Jesus said, look, he said this, he says, with men, it's impossible, but not with God, for with God, all things are possible. So then, what happened? Peter spoke up. I love Peter. Peter spoke up. And he said, began to say to him, See, we have left all and followed you. Jesus answered and said, Surely I say to you, there is no one 
who has left house or brothers or sisters or fathers or mothers or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels who shall not receive a hundred fold return now in this time and this age when he tells you hey i need you to stop i need you to to sow that job and i need you to to come and, and serve at this ministry or i need you to do this and, and i and so that i can because he knows what he's trying to get to you the same thing he said to the young man who's asking how does he receive inherit eternal life it's the same proposal that he made to the disciples come and follow me and jesus is saying it hey no man is left all those things no man has given up anything for the gospel's sake and for me that they shall not receive a hundredfold return or they not shall not receive a return on it in this life and he also says he says and th and in this life he says you who, who should not receive houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecution and in the age to come eternal life but who are first will be last and those who are last will be first what did he say the, the thing the very thing that the young man was said he was coming to look for was the very thing that jesus was was making available to him the if he would have just heard the word received the word believed the word spoke the word acting out on what it is he believed what is he doing jesus is trying to get him to operate instruct him this is what the kingdom of god is like this is how the kingdom of god operates you make a decision you're going to be a disciple you're going to humble yourself you're going to follow after me you're going to do it my way you're going to do it god's way you're going to be led by the holy spirit when a situation a circumstance that comes up that tries to exalt itself above the knowledge of god you're going to overthrow it and destroy it that thought theory reason and argument using the weapons of the word of the holy spirit of the whole armor of god of praise and worship and prayer you've made it as even though god, jesus said all these test trials and tribulations are going to come he says but i've already given you weapons i've already given you the kingdom of god i've already given you the gospel i've already given you my 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 governance system to show you how to meet the needs of mankind apart from the world system even when the world systems is collapsing all around you i've already given you i've already made a way of escape for you that you may be able to bear it i've already made a way of escape that you may be able to come and i've already made a way of escape for you and when you begin to operate in it and then you begin to find other people to disciple to become students to become teachers to teach them how to operate according to the kingdom of god when they become born again the kingdom of god moves on the inside of them and they have the holy spirit in there to lead them to guide them to direct them according to the kingdom have you made a decision today have you made a decision in your heart today that the kingdom of god is going to the word of god is the final authority in your life have you made a decision today that regardless of what the word says according to the kingdom that's what you're going to submit to have you made a decision today that when you hear a thought a recent argument that it tries to lift this up higher above the what the word of god has to say you're going to overthrow it and destroy that wrong pattern of thinking and replace it with god's way of doing things have you made a decision today to have your mind renewed by the word of god man well i'm going to give you an opportunity to act out on the word of god today i'm going to give you an opportunity remember he says you can't even understand or perceive the word of god the kingdom of god unless you be born again i'm going to give you an opportunity to do that right now in accordance to matthew according to romans chapter 10 verses 8 9 and 10 it says this it says the word of god is near you it's in your heart and in your mouth that's the word of faith which we preach that if you will confess with your mouth the lord jesus and believe in your heart that god raised him from the dead you shall be saved that word saved means healed delivered set free and made whole he says for with the heart man believes unto righteousness with the mouth confession is made unto healing unto deliverance unto salvation unto wholeness unto sanctification in jesus name now and if you're ready to make that decision so you can transition be delivered from the power or the rule of darkness and be transitioned over into the kingdom of god's dear son into the kingdom of god pray this prayer with me confess it out of your mouth mean it from your heart say it with me dear heavenly father in the name of jesus i do believe jesus christ 
is the Son of God. I believe he died for me on the cross and carried my sins for me. I believe he was put in a grave, but he's alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. I make you the head of my life. You have, you have the final say. I surrender my life to you this day. Fill me with your Holy Spirit from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. I believe that I receive right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer for the very first time, I want to welcome you into the kingdom, welcome you back in the right relationship, welcome you into the kingdom of God. Man, what do you do next, you may ask? You need to get in a word-based church that teaches you about the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ, and also how to operate according to the kingdom of God, according to the love of God. Man, we believe Ignite Depot is the place for you. So if you want to join us here each time, each Saturday afternoon at 5 p.m., we'll be here broadcasting we'll be here live and on site and everything so that you can learn how to operate or be transformed or change and have your mind renewed according to the word of god so you can prove for yourself what is god's good acceptable and perfect will for every situation and circumstance in your life so that you can triumph through troubling times man if you can't be here on saturdays catch us on uh podcast at ignite the number two life that is ignite the number two life a night to life uh, audio podcast is on spotify apple google amazon uh multiple different platforms is out there and you can get just this broadcast as well as other broadcasts and you can catch us on youtube you can catch us on um facebook you can catch us on twitter on behalf of pastor juin and myself and the entire night nation we want to thank you for joining us this evening and remember it is god's desire for you to triumph through troubling times. Have a blessed day. Bye-bye.